All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're coming to you with another Parsha portion. That's right. So this is uh, week 47, and it's Behold. Something like that. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 16, 17. And this is Torah portions made easy. Jake, how is it Torah portions made easy? Well, because we're just going to take a high look, high level view of the Torah portion and kind of pull out some uh, important points that we noticed when we read it. And uh, so it would be important for you to go read it yourself because we're not just going to read it. It's uh, you got to read it for yourself and get yeah. all the little points that we may have uh, not included in this presentation. That's right. And what is the companion piece that goes with this? Like they could use this in their gatherings uh, for their Shabbat gathering. Oh, um, so what you can do is you can go to SabbathLounge.com and pull up uh, the Torah portions, and you'll get the Torah portion for this week and the Haftarah portion and the New Testament portion. That's right. I'll just with a few clicks and a Google search, just Google Sabbath Lounge Torah portions and you will find it. That's right. And we appreciate if you like, comment, and share, and do all the things. Yep, do the subscribing so you can catch all of our comments on the Torah portions. Hit the ringy bell thing, and you'll be notified. But we appreciate you stopping by, and we'll jump right into these Torah portions. And Deuteronomy is a beautiful book, and uh, if you'll follow along with us, you'll see why. So Jake here, 11, 31, 12, 29, 15, 4, 14, 2, all says to what? Possess the land. So, Jake, do you think they did a very good job of possessing the land? For about two chapters, they did all right. Yeah, there's there's some moments uh, <laughs> where they kind of seem to have it together, and I think there's at least one reference where it even says, hey, you possess the land. And it's kind of like, whoa. Whoa, we're but, on the right track. But yeah. not many. So they didn't always do all the things they were supposed to do. And that makes it difficult to possess the land if you don't do all the things he asks you to do. Right, and if you remember last Torah portion, this phrase was mentioned 13 times, and then this portion, it's another four times. So he's pretty adamant about telling them to possess the land. Yeah, he is hammering it over and over and over. So it's a big deal, and we continue to talk about how it's like possessing your heart and your mind. And, um, you know, he's really after our hearts, and uh, he wants us to have possession of those in our mind as well. That's right. So in 11, 26 through 32, you've got uh, some elements where it shows that Moses is prophet-like and is a prophet, and he basically proclaims here uh, what's, what's going to happen to them by doing what they're supposed to do or, or, or not doing what they're supposed to do. So, and he, you know, he, the other thing that you're going to see out in these Torah portions is the concept of the blessing and curses thing. And he's basically just laying out that and saying, if you do what he says, this good thing's going to happen. If you don't, this bad thing's going to happen. Right. So he is letting them know what's going to happen ahead of time. So, and we'll move on. So, and you get this concept. We see, we have seen, 
multiple times here, don't go to the left or right. Did right. we see that last week or week before or something? It was recently. Mm-hmm. He definitely wants you to stay on the narrow path. And quick plug, there is a music ministry called Left and Right Music, Left and Right Ministries. Left and Right Ministries, right. And a young couple who perform songs and check them out. And this is where they get their name is from this section of scripture in here. But don't go to the left or to the right. Stay in the narrow path. Jake, have we talked about this before? It looks like uh, we have. We have a whole uh, video out there on uh, the blessings and curses of Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal. So go ahead and check that out, and you'll be able to click on this here and get to that video. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to Sabbath Lounge, there's a section at Sabbath Lounge under teaching portions and this playlist, Blessing and Curses. It's been a minute, Jake. But I think this was three or four parts that we did when we talked about Ebal and Gerizim, and uh, it, it pairs well with this uh, with this passage here. Right. So that's something you can check out if you're interested. And at some point here, he talks about destroying, tearing down, and burning. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to read a little bit of it here in twelve uh, two. You shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess served their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under evergreen trees. I mean, every green tree. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire and hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. I like what you did there with their green (laughs) trees, evergreen trees. And, you know, it even mentioned about groves in there. And there's all, I mean, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail at this minute. But if you've never looked up some of the grove things that are connected to lots of bad things, um, such as uh, one that starts with a B um, in in North America. Right, with Bohemian. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so those are some interesting things, and they're connected. I do believe, you know, right. these ancient religions are still around today. And um, if you're new to all this, you know, there's a lot of things to check out. There's a lot of uh, lies, if you will, to unlearn, as our friend Lex Meyer likes to say, uh, unlearn the lies. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's just a lot of connections that still exist today. We thought all those things were dead, but they're still around. People still do these things. Yeah. Yep, that's for sure. And Yah says, verse 4, you shall not do so unto Yahweh, your Elohim. So, Jake, I can't do these things and go, I I can plan these groves because it's what's in my heart that matters, Jake. Right, and... uh Yep, you can do that, and you can bow down to your Christmas tree. It's what I make it. Right, or your cactus. Sometimes uh, people use cactuses instead of evergreen trees. But just if you hear someone say that, and you yourself may be saying that, just think about what you're saying. You're saying me a lot, I a lot. And uh, you're making something very me-centered or I-centered, and it's not supposed to be me-centered or I centered is supposed to be Yah centered. Right, because our perspective is flawed. We need to look at things through how Yah would look at it. Yeah, and not through our own justification. So if you've never studied Christmas, Easter, all of those things, you should look at that too. Check it out. In fact, just turn this off and go look at that. 
right now. <laughs> All right. So Jake, they did what they wanted. 12, eight. What, do you, what does that mean? Uh, let's see. You shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. Yeah. So I think if you're right in your eyes, that pretty much means you did whatever you wanted. Yeah. I think whatever uh, made you happy. Yeah. And I think that, uh, we kind of lean that way instead of doing what Yahweh says. I mean, we're kind of a country that's founded on this principle. Think about what we do with that concept of the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. That's, that's been corrupted. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's kind of one way we've ran with it kind of crazily, but Manessence done the same thing they did here. Yeah. I think that, uh, um, one of the things with this is doing what's right in your own eyes. Um, we kind of don't have an excuse for that in the day and age we live since we have all his words at our fingertips and we can go figure out what he wanted us to do mm -hmm. and not just count on ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. This is true. So Jake, uh, there's a connection here in 1522 about clean and unclean people. Can you read this and maybe help connect the dots here? All right, so um, this is actually chapter 12, verse 15, and it comes up again later, but uh, it's actually, almost the there, same. This is 1522. Oh, let me go there. So then. this is the scripture. Eat it in your city, clean and unclean people, oh, and they eat them together went. if they were eating a gazelle or deer. But But it is found, you're right, it's kind of duplicated in 12... And in 1522, so basically it says the the same thing twice. So sorry, I threw you off there. But what does it say in in 12? And what's what's the address in in 12? So chapter 12, verse 15. Notwithstanding, you may kill any flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever your soul lusts after, according to the blessing of Yah, your Elohim, which He has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat thereof as of the roebuck and as of the heart. So it's kind of interesting that there's two passages almost back to back there that are saying the same kind of thing. So what is your take on tying this together with the clean and unclean people? Maybe we see in the new Testament, right? So one thing to point out here is, um, it says whatever your soul lusts after, and then it has this other statement. You can't leave this out. According to the blessing of Yah, what's the, food that they're given according to Yah's the blessing. clean animals. The clean animals, right. So it's not just eat whatever you want. And then he says... Yeah, because if you take that too far, then can you eat the dirt? Can you eat the used... Can you drink used motor oil for <laughs> reference? I mean, you know... If you're so lusts after yes. that, I so, guess. Uh, so, so you do kind of go down this dangerous slope if you say, well, there's no clean and unclean. Really? Can we eat poisonous animals? Let's name off some frogs and some <laughs> different things, and uh, let's see what happens if you eat that. Pick up that poison ivy and chew on it. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. So um, then he says, the unclean and clean may eat thereof. He's talking about people there, so he's likening clean and unclean in reference to people. So that's how it ties into Acts 10 mm -hmm. when Peter's told um, that the people that he's going to meet— he should not call any man clean or unclean. 
or you should not call any man unclean. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where this is coming from. Yeah, and, and don't you think in this particular scripture, it is actually telling them there that uh, you can eat together. Right. And so when the Pharisees were separating them mm-hmm. as clean people and unclean people, they were breaking Torah. Just another example of the Pharisees not being Torah keepers. And there'll be more information on that coming soon. Right. And also, real quick here, only you shall not eat the blood. You shall pour it upon the earth as water. So that's why in Acts 15, he says, don't eat the blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good observation. Anyway, check that out a little bit about the people. It's kind of interesting. Let us know what you think. So this is a terrible image here of a, of a child that you might be angry at if you saw this behavior. But Jake, what are we not supposed to do? Um, don't kill your kids. Yes, he hates this. In fact, he calls it an abomination. So it is something we're not supposed to do. And it seems like such an easy thing. We're like, we don't kill kids today, Jake. <laughs> Wait a minute. There is this thing called an abortion. Right. So it says uh, in verse 30 and 31 here in chapter 12, Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them after that they be dis- after that they be destroyed from before you, and that you inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. You shall not do so unto Yahweh your Elohim, for every abomination to Yahweh which he ha- hates have they done unto their gods, for even their sons and their daughters they have burned in the fire to their gods. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. You shall not add thereto or diminish from it. So clearly the abortion thing, if you if you somehow justify that and go, it's okay. This scripture to me says, hey, we're not supposed to kill kids. Right. Pretty clear. And then the last scripture he read ties in to, uh, this is 1232, don't take away or add, ties in nicely to Revelation 22, 18 through 19. And we're going to focus on 19. Right. So if anyone takes away any words from this book of prophecy, Elohim will take away his portion of the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. Yikes. I don't want that. But that is basically uh, very similar to what we see in Deuteronomy. So, you know, clearly uh, both of these words in um, Deuteronomy 12 and then the tie-in to Revelation are very important. Correct. Yeah, so this is, uh, he will take away his portion of the tree of life. Yeah, that's not good. So is that... uh, that almost sounds like once saved, always saved to me, right? Uh, no. Oh. No, not hardly. We'll see. So I <laughs> uh, don't think uh, it works that way. Oh. So some people think that, though. And then we, we were kind of getting ahead of ourselves there, but there's this prophet test. And so the prophet test, a lot of very famous, uh, you know, people have spent a lot of time talking about this passage. And Jake, we're going to read a few verses here from Deuteronomy 13. Yeah, this is a pretty important verse that uh, we came across in our Torah walk. It was one of the more significant verses uh, where we uh, started testing things with this. So it says, uh, One of your people claiming to be a prophet or to have prophetic dreams may predict a miraculous sign or an amazing thing. What he predicts may even take place. But don't listen to that prophet or dreamer of dreams if he says, 
Let's worship and serve other gods. Those gods may be gods you've never heard of. So if you hear someone say that, Jake, what should you do? I think it's going to tell us. Yahweh your Elohim is testing you to find out if you really love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul. Worship Yahweh your Elohim, fear him, obey his commandments, listen to what he says, serve him, and be loyal to him. That prophet or dreamer of dreams must be put to death because he preached rebellion against Yahweh your Elohim, who brought you out of Egypt and freed you from slavery. He was trying to lead you away from following the directions Yahweh your Elohim gave you. You must get rid of this evil. Wow, Jake's pretty harsh, isn't it? Yeah, this is a super important verse. If you go back to the previous one, people will get hung up on this um, and they'll say, well, uh, my pastor's not saying let's worship and serve other gods. But if you go to the next page, he's likening that to commandments that are not Yahweh's. Rebellion against Yahweh your Elohim uh, trying to lead you away from following the directions Yahweh gave you. so Which is kind of like the man of lawlessness. Yes. So it's, the two things are equivalent. You're following someone's commands. It's either Yahweh's or not Yahweh's. Those are your options. And so when you're, when it's talking about leading you to follow the ways of another God, a false God, it's a God with commands that don't align with Yahweh's commands. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So this is a great scripture to camp out, spend some time on and try to understand what it means. And then I do want to bring this up and we brought it up before, but I have to keep saying it. This was another one of those scriptures where some people, Jake will often say, well, Moses just put them into slavery. They're a slave in the law, but it doesn't make sense to say Moses brought them from Egypt, freedom from slavery, only to put them back in slavery. Right. It just makes no sense. But yet there are people who think that teach that and uh, basically have that as a doctrinal piece in their, in their faith. Right. And I think uh, also uh, we just read, uh, and that's a good point, Matt. We just read how uh, don't add to or take away at the end of 12. And now it's saying this is the test of a false prophet. Now apply this to Yeshua. Okay. Uh, Then apply it to Jesus and kind of see what the difference is there. if, If you follow my drift. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to apply this standard. If, if Yeshua came and was telling them to go against commands or that they went away, he would not pass this test. So you see a lot of uh, uh, One for Israel where they talk about coming to know the true Messiah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the understanding is that the Jews are required to reject Jesus because he's a lawbreaker by this verse. By the by, this prophet test, they would be required to reject him as Messiah because yeah. of the way the Christian Church uh, describes him. Right, and and I think that um, it's a complicated subject. That's exactly right, but I also believe that uh, at the same time, 
I'm not saying, I'm not going to speak for you, Jake, but I'm not saying there's not power in the name of Jesus because I feel like I prayed to the name of Jesus and was saved in the name of Jesus. And, and, and that worked. Um, but, 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 but people have made Jesus something he's not. Yes. And yeah, I would agree with and that. And I do believe he can he can use, I think most of us listening to this probably would say we were saved and baptized under the name of Jesus. And and I feel like it. Uh, he worked in my life before I understood him to be completely before you understood completely yeah well yeah. not that we understand completely but you know what i'm saying and it's his grace it's it's a form of his grace that he that he allows that it's as a gateway to get in and there are some people that will go so far to say you know his name is you shouldn't say that name even and that it's you know it's not but to me that's just it's not fair to my roots and and i and i believe that uh the, the ancestry before us, and there are many godly people that uh, maybe come, came before you in your lineage from your grandparents to great-grandparents who use the name of Jesus, and they, they don't believe they were trying to be lawbreakers. They just didn't understand it the yeah. way we understand it today. Yeah, a they weren't bit, trying to be rebellious. A little bit of grace and mercy with people. Yeah, yeah. So, But that is an interesting rabbit trail to study and to look at you know, this idea, are there, is there, are there two different deities represented between the deity that a lot of church uh, proclaims versus the deity, the true Yeshua, the true Messiah that we find in scripture and in, in those old bracelets of what would Jesus do? Well, what would Jesus do? <laughs> he would, uh, he would clean, keep, Torah, right? keep Dora, keep the feast. And uh, so anyway, that, that that's a whole rabbit trail thing there. But um, but it's interesting and it's something you should look at and kind of have some kind of a grasp of understanding on it for you. Right. All right, Jake. He says we're not supposed to worship and serve other gods. Yeah. And uh, I don't feel comfortable reading that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then we get to clean and unclean animals. There are things you can eat and things you can't eat. Right. This is kind of a rehashing of Leviticus 11. You'll notice Deuteronomy is a lot of rehashing of things that already happened. Uh, but it also gives you extra detail on a, a lot of things as well. Yeah. And there are some things on here I'm kind of glad, you know. Um, I have to admit that uh, in my um, walk before keeping Torah, I have eaten some unclean food. Same here. I was uh, of the mind that, hey, I'll try whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of prided myself on liking all kinds of food because there wasn't anything I wouldn't really eat, I guess. Well, and especially as a kid, you'd be like, well, if you were about to die, would you eat? And people would ask you. I remember playing stupid games like that. And, then, you know, people do think about things like that. And yeah. I'm like, well, I guess if that's all there is to eat and it's unclean, I'm not eating. Yep. That's, you know, and that's, that's the correct response, I believe. And, but you know, the good news is here, I can say that uh, I've eaten rattlesnake and it's terrible. Don't, you know, I'm glad I wasn't disappointed that I can't eat that anymore. Right. I've so. eaten little tiny snake I found in the woods. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've repented. 
Yes, and we, we do. You know, that is something that uh, we continue to to pray for and ask for forgiveness uh, because because most of us didn't know. But uh, but it is clear um, in Scripture the things that you can eat and and don't eat. And if you've not studied that, we suggest you spend some time and maybe start there. Yep, good place to start. All right, Jake. You are people who are holy to Yahweh, your Elohim. Out of all the people who live on earth, Yahweh has chosen you to be his own special possession. Jake, I like that. Yeah. I like to be thought of as his special possession. And, you know, once again, Deuteronomy is so quotable. This is an excellent quote. You should have this. You should recite this. This is a great one to memorize. This is a great one to pour into your child into your children, into your spouse, to people you love, because they need to get their worth from Yah and know that they are special. Too many people in the world today don't understand this. We've got far too many kids that are depressed, beat down by the world, because the world uh, says the opposite of this. Right. It says you're little, insignificant, you're nothing. And um, that's not true. You're a product of chance. Yeah. Yeah. So Yahweh put you here uh, for a special purpose and you're his special possession. Yep. So uh, that's the importance of uh, Romans 11. You want to be grafted in to this special possession. Yeah. Beautiful scripture. All right, so Jake Hiss brings up a good point. So uh, in chapter 15, it talks about the sabbatical year. And Jake, did they do a good job of keeping up with the sabbatical year? What do you think? I think we'll have to turn to scripture to answer this question. All right, so it could be a little complicated. but um, So they were supposed to keep the sabbatical year and let the land lay fallow. And uh, it's mentioned in other places, but uh, in other other scriptures, it talks about how the year before they get a bumper crop and it will sustain them during the sabbatical. And uh, they're supposed to just... It'll essentially be a three-year crop. Yeah. Yeah. So that when they plant again in the, you know, first year of the next, you know, Shemitah series, then they can uh, still eat while their crops are growing. And then we pulled the scripture from Second Chronicles thirty six twenty one, and what does it say, Jake? This happened so that Yahweh's words spoken through Jeremiah would be fulfilled. That land, uh, the land had its years of rest and was made acceptable again, while it lay in ruins. The land had its seventy years of rest. So, Jake, is that implying that they did a good job of keeping the sabbatical? Uh, it sounds like they went a good long while without keeping it. Yeah, didn't you say 490 years? Yeah, so for each seventh year that was missed, they take this, uh, Yah has taken the land from them and given it its 70 years of rest. Yeah, he's like, well, if you guys aren't going to do it, I'm going to move you, I'm going to, what's that called, evict you out of the (laughs) land, and the land's going to rest. So, because you didn't do it. So it's it's a deal. It's important, or he wouldn't have done that. And then Jeremiah twenty five eleven through twelve also refers to it. And yeah, this is uh, what Chronicles is talking about. So this whole land will be ruined and become a wasteland. These nations will serve the king of Babylon for seventy years. When the seventy years are over, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation for their crimes, declares Yahweh. 
I will turn Babylon into a permanent wasteland. And that he did. And then in chapter 16, we've got the feast laid out. And Jake, uh, are these Jewish feast? So that's what I hear a lot. I hear their Jewish feasts. And man, oh man, this is this is one of those things that sticks in my craw, as they say. I'm not sticks sure where my craw, my craw is, but uh, there's this is stuck in there because everyone always conflates Jews with Israelites, and they forget somehow that there's twelve tribes here. Mm-hmm. But everyone says, well, since the New Testament only mentions Jews, really. oh that's the only tribe that existed um so don't fall into that it drives people nuts (laughs) well well and too you know the the reason uh, jews are mentioned is because by the time you get to the new testament the northern kingdom had been so assimilated and they didn't really come back and scattered abroad yeah only uh judah comes back there and uh so that's kind of you know it's like it's like why did uh, you know certain products like Kleenex um, get the name uh, instead of tissue? We we call them Kleenex, you know, because yeah. uh, you know because it, it's kind of that naming right idea. Really, is is the reason why it just was? Um, yeah, they just kind of stuck. Yep. So, but I think it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of lazy talking to yeah. say that all this stuff was Jewish because it's, it's not accurate. Yeah. And And so it, it, uh, it, it messes up the message because it's not giving a real understanding of what's happening. In other places, it clearly says these are the Lord's feast. Yeah. Yeah. So if this is something you've never discussed, this is another good place to start and something to look into because it is not a Jewish feast thing. And if you think that, um, I, you know, I just encourage you to research it more and check and, and see more scriptures and see if you can prove me wrong that it doesn't say the Lord's feast. Right. So check out, uh, it's a rehashing of Leviticus 23. So. Yeah. And Jake, um, there's one festival where we're commanded to have a good time. I'm all about it. Yeah. So it says, after you have gathered the grain from your threshing floor and made your wine, celebrate the Festival of Booths for seven days. Enjoy yourselves at the festival along with your sons, daughters, male and female slaves, the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows who live in your cities. Yeah, and to me... Everybody. Everybody. And this implies that, you know, you've got these slaves and foreigners, so they celebrate it with you. Um, yeah. And so this is one of those other references that shows kind of like what we just talked about, that this there's not a concept of being, quote unquote, Jewish because your bloodline. That was never what this was. This was becoming adopted, becoming Israel. It was more about becoming Israel and Yah's people because of what you did and because of who the, you worshipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then less about who your dad was and who your grandfather was and your bloodline. Mankind has come along and we've made some big deals out of bloodlines before, but, but uh, that also says y'all is no respecter of person. And uh, and the new Testament says there's neither slave nor Greek nor Jew nor Gentile. And that's in reference to uh, those, those titles really don't matter. Uh, What matters is, are we in Messiah? Right. 
And that's what this festival is a great celebration of a wedding to come. Exactly. So, Jake, we kind of went through that pretty quick, but this is week 47. Ra-ah. Behold. So, yeah. In Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 16, 17. And we encourage you to please share this with someone that might be interested. Jake, what else could they do? Uh, you could uh, subscribe and catch all of the follow-on portions uh, for the rest of the year. And you can go back and watch all the previous ones as well. That's right. And Jake, do we ever interview people? All the time. So they could check out interviews. They could find us on a website too, I think. Right. It is sabbathlounge.com. Well, Jake, I don't have anything else to say here. What about you? Um, yeah. Well, we we do interviews like we discussed. We do the Torah portions. Uh, we do, and then we do all kinds of other things that are topical and things that we find interesting and just little notes that we've made to ourselves that seem to be good information together so you'll find all that stuff on the website and we don't claim to be experts or have all the truth we're just a couple of guys trying to figure it out ourselves, and we're glad you joined us for the ride that's right so catch us next time this is matt and jake signing out